0: to jump on and so we could chat a little bit about one of our favorite topics (laughs) or is turned into one of our favorite topics, self-compassion. So um, just a little backstory is that a number of years ago, probably uh, five or six years ago now, I went to a conference um, and heard Dr. Kristen Neff speak Uh, she was one of the presenters at the emerging women live conference um, that I went to in Boulder. And that's when I got introduced to her work. Brene Brown was actually at that conference and um, they were speaking together and then apart because Dr. Neff's work was featured in a lot of Brene Brown's work. And um, they had really been supporting one another from uh, the vulnerability, being open, um, living with courage and bravery and strength and clarity um, and using self-compassion research as a tool. So that's when I, my mind was blown when I saw Dr. Neff speak on this and saw the research. And it was so intuitive to me at the time because of studying yoga for so long. Is so much overlap between self-compassion and our yoga practices. But what was fascinating was that a lot of Dr. Neff's work Really just backed up what the yogis had been telling us, which is what I'm finding in all of this modern well-being research and <laughs> evidence, um, is that these wisdom traditions, this is what we've been learning and teaching. But it gives us, um, I think, also a tool of really underst- like deepening the fact that the practices do work and to stick with them. So that's why in Thrive. So Katie's a member of Thrive, and um, I love to invite Thrivers onto these calls, with uh, so that you guys can also hear them and learn what we're doing in Thrive, what we're doing from our well-being and wellness practices, but then also how do we apply it to our real life? I mean, the thing that really irks me and sort of gets me really riled up is when people say they've been studying this stuff or taking classes, but they don't see an impact on their daily life. Because I think (laughs) that that integration piece is is such a big part of um, what my industry, wellness and uh, mindfulness and yoga and well-being, um, one of the things I really feel passionate about is integrating into our real lives and relationships. So I invited Katie on today to talk about her journey with self-compassion. So welcome, Katie. Thank you. So
1: happy to be here.
0: All right. So tell me a little bit about um, what you thought self-compassion was and sort of maybe, let's say, let's put you back like three to six months. Um, Give us a little, paint us a little picture of where you were, what you were going through and or like what you thought self-compassion was.
1: Well, I think what you just said about integrating being the Mm -hmm. most important aspect is like, mind blowing for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've been in this realm of wellness and soul searching and um, personal development for a really long time. But, and so I've heard the term self-compassion a lot and people, it's one of those terms that you just hear all the time. People are just like constantly throwing it out, like have compassion for yourself. And I, it was just another one of those things that I didn't I never, I never integrated, and when people would say it, I would, I would think, yeah, okay, I'll have compassion for myself when I'm better. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll have compassion for myself when I deserve it, um, because until I reach, mm. you know, whatever that point is, like, I don't deserve compassion, and that, and what you mm. just said about it being about bravery, um, or connected to bravery, is mm-hmm. so brilliant because. When those voices are really strong, so to back up, um, I I, I am a super critical person <laughs> and a mm-hmm. super judgmental person of, mm-hmm. m- of myself, especially, um, not so much of other people, but n- nothing I do is ever good enough. Um, mm. And I'm a product of a, like an overachieving um, mindset and environment and um, I'm just... So, so I have a lot of experience with judgments and, and criticisms of myself. And whenever anyone would say to me, like, "You need to be a little bit more forgiving or compassionate," that was something that was just so um, such a foreign concept to me, and something I never remotely understood, mm-hmm. <laughs> and or or would even think was um, deserved. Because to me, self compassion was something that you only certain people deserved it because they were good enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, in that, in that way, it was just like, it was just something that every, every day I, I would, I would wake up and be unbelievably critical to myself and, and and still struggle with it a lot. Um, but it was something that came up constantly. It was just like criticism and judgment and, um, negativity. And, um, so that's, that's where I was a couple of months ago with
0: mm-hmm. it. So it wasn't, it was like, you knew in theory, you'd heard of it, but you didn't understand, you weren't having conversations around
1: integrating it or what that really looked like in your life. It sounds what, like, right. I didn't really understand <clears throat> what integrating was, was I yeah. I read the books, and <laughs> I listened to the meditations and mm-hmm. I, I knew who Kristen Neff is and i had been to her website and mm-hmm. I would thought about it all, but, um, I'd never really, I thought that was it. And then once you get, once you deserve it, then it'll, I also, I think I thought I was practicing it. I thought mm. I was being compassionate to myself and being kind to myself. And when I did something well, I would have, you know, I would, um, praise myself for it. It was just when I did something wrong that I didn't necessarily deserve to be nice to myself because Mm -hmm. I screwed up. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about moving through that share as much or as little as you feel comfortable with, um, what the sort of messy transition part looked like to maybe give us an update and where you are now and what that practice looks like for you now.
1: Yes, it's very messy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said
1: it that way. (laughs) It's very messy. And I think um, the hardest part is standing up to the voices in my head that are so critical and so judgmental and find everything I do wrong. And the problem is that oftentimes I really believe it. And so like I said, I've had conversations with people where they've told me I'm being critical and I can't even, I literally can't even see it because it feels so true and so real to me mm. what I'm saying about myself in that moment. It's like, well, I didn't do well or I, you know, I, I didn't do enough or like I did screw that up or whatever it is. Um, so how could it be that um, that I deserve any sort of, compassion or understanding when I'm at fault. Um, okay. So I'll share. So I work, I work from home and I'm getting my master's right now. And I, um, I spend a fair amount of my day working (laughs) Mm -hmm. on my schoolwork and, um, there's always more to do. (laughs) And I also work at the same time. Um, so I'm always at my computer and there's, there, I'm, it's never, It's never enough. It's never finished. I've never completed what I wanted to complete. And so people would start telling me to, you know, it's really healthy if you take breaks during the day. Um, And so I thought about it and knew it was good for me, but (laughs) the idea of actually implementing that into my life required me to understand that I deserved it. um, Even if I hadn't finished what I was working on. And so I never took breaks and Mm -hmm. Um, so that's brand new to me It's like, you know what, just because you didn't finish something, you don't need to prove mm. yourself, you know, you don't need to prove and achieve whatever that goal is that you've set for yourself, which usually is, is really, really high given mm-hmm. my criticism, um, in order to take a break or in order to enjoy yourself or in order to just say like, Hey, right now in this moment, it's okay, it's okay to like, not be perfect and to not have finished this stuff and just want to s- take a break and to deserve the kindness you know to deserve the chance to give yourself some kindness so that was and that's a daily struggle for me to, uh-huh. to 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 break away from the computer I mean it sounds so simple but to go out for a walk because I feel that I just you know have the space to to do that um so for me, when I started practicing Kristen Neff's twenty-minute self-compassion meditation every day, and this only started really recently, the first week, I don't really think anything changed, but there was just a tiny bit of space that's I that started to evolve that mm-hmm. I could see, like, wait a second, I'm these thoughts are not mine (laughs) Mm -hmm. like there's there's a there's that split second where you get to choose oh do I want to believe this about myself Mm -hmm. or or could there be a different way could I think something else right now Mm -hmm. um and so to me the judgments and the criticism and and the perfectionism is like deeply the only way I was able to see any of that is by doing self-compassion meditation and like even though like I said even though I've talked about it for years and thought I was practicing it until you actually sit down every day and do the practice Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not just go through this the you know the step of of breathing deeply and all that but actually feel in your heart the love for yourself that's when it started to be a game changer for me
0: so I think that um, the one of the reasons why I asked you to get on is because get on the call and sort of talk through this a little bit is because it's been a while since I did this. Um, I also met Tara, Tara, Sophia Moore was also at that same concert that I was at a um, concert conference um, <laughs> and um, I got to hear her speak and fall in love with her work. And she uh, wrote a book called Playing Big. And so being exposed to these things at the same time years ago, um, really, and I was doing this on my own primarily, I didn't have thrive yet and I was still running the studio. So I was really just doing this work on my own in my journals and, um, just through reading and listening to podcasts with them speak, um, uh, and kind of taking it as my creating my own course. Um, is that I forgot these steps and stages, you know, and then I started teaching this stuff. Um, And so (laughs) for me, I forgot really what that process looked like. So it's so awesome to have you sharing because in a few years, maybe months, maybe years, it will just become second nature and it will just become your habit because it's a practice. Because there's not... Just like I shared, we just uh, got off a call where I shared that the stuff that comes up, even you think you're through it, you think you're past that, you're you're really living with a lot of self-compassion. However, life things happen, and habits are in your cells and in your body, and then they come up again. Mm-hmm. So it's not like mm-hmm. oh, I've learned self-compassion. Check. And now I never need to, go yeah. back. it's like, whoa, what are the tools that we have in our toolbox that we need to go back to? We want to go back to because they're helpful. Um, and that's the biggest thing I think is that like, we're not getting anywhere with this, meaning like there's not an end point. It's just the self-compassion mm-hmm. practice is so much of this exploration. In fact, I just pulled up like what I just Googled, what is self-compassion? Cause I actually was really curious. What does it say? <laughs> so here's what it says. Self-compassion is extending compassion to oneself in instances. This is key in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. Okay. Yep. Instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. Kristen Neff has defined self-compassion as being composed of three main components, self-kindness, self-kindness, common humanity and mindfulness. And I think that this connection to like this, I mean, so many of the women that I work with have this perfectionist tendency and um, consider themselves perfectionists in a lot of ways have labeled themselves that. And it really seems to me, I'm just starting to kind of link this over the past few months, that's really missing that common humanity part. Because this idea that something would be perfect, I don't even know what that really means, this ideal, is that we lose that common humanity. When we actually see that everybody has the full range of emotion, that everybody will experience suffering, loss, grief, these sort of pretty big, heavy um, emotions and experiences that are part of life, then we can release Mm -hmm. the idea that there's... One way to do things, or that we are isolated, you know? Yes.
1: But I think when you're in the anxiety loop that I'm really familiar with, and you're in the like the stress and the crazy frenzy, and what you always talk about is front mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. frenzy, I think that the thing that self compassion especially gave me. Is another thing you always talk about, which is like, hold on a second, slow down, like just stop and like, look at where you're at Mm -hmm. right now and bring the awareness. So I do think there's, there's a huge piece of the common humanity, but I also think a lot of it, at Mm. least in my experience is being able to like, I'm, I feel like I'm a, I'm a energizer bunny, like Mm -hmm. always going. And that doesn't necessarily mean like physically, it's just mentally, yeah. I'm like always going. And so self-compassion gave me the chance to just like stop, mm-hmm. like step away from the frenzy and like, look at what's happening in the big mm-hmm. picture. Like look at what thoughts you're choosing to think every single day that are contributing to your reality. And every thought you're choosing, I mean, this is self-explanatory, but to me, it was mind-blowing. It, it, it it's a mm-hmm. choice that you're making t- to continue to berate yourself. And that like tiny little space that the mindfulness yes. yep. piece gives yep. you is like, like, yep.
0: my, like, well, that's why that's why I think it's so brilliant. The three main components are the self kindness, common humanity and mindfulness. I think the, the order should be reversed where mindfulness comes first because From dropping front brain frenzy, from breathing through back brain, through relaxation techniques, awareness, intention, and just present moment, we can then be more skillful and strategic um, around what's really happening, right? And so the example that I just gave in our earlier call was that I was feeling like um, I was really doing some mental bullying (laughs) of um <laughs> my clothes being a little tight the past few weeks let's put it that way and uh in theory in my mind and in my heart I really um don't align with societal norms of beauty I think i I think many sizes are very beautiful and I really practice a lot of body kindness and health at every size and what I noticed was that I had other things going on that I could not control and I had a lot of emotions going on in my life and some ill family members and just a lot of moving parts. And so the old patterning and the old habits and patterns of beating myself up for tight clothes, like first of all, tight clothes just don't feel good, right? They, they, at least for me, it feels restrictive and I just feel suffocated and it just <laughs> doesn't feel good. And so then I started um, really abusing myself mentally around that. And once I noticed it, luckily, it wasn't very long. It was probably like a day. And then I noticed, whoa, what's happening in here? And being able to apply touch and healing and practice slowly with that mindful lens, um, I was able Mm -hmm. to drop into the self-kindness. I was able to be so much more compassionate towards what's happening in my life because one of the tools that dr neff uh uses um that you know we've we've used a lot in many scenarios over the years um is to talk to and tara moore talks about this in playing big also is uh talk to yourself as if you were a beloved friend um or family member and so the truth is is that if katie had came if katie came to me uh, with everything that's on my current plate and shared that with me and said, on top of it, I'm, you know, I'm so lazy and gross because I'm gaining all this. But you know, again, that, that's not actually what I believe, but this is the stuff that comes up when we're triggered by control, by fear, by anxiety, by stress, um, is that you start also kind of bringing down the energy. You start really using a lot of low vibe, emotional language, right? You start coming down, down, down. And if Katie had come to me and said all these things, given what is on her plate, my arms would open with love and compassion and connection. And I would hold her (laughs) and I would tell her, like, it's okay, All is well. I'm here for you. I love you. I care for you. You know, I wouldn't say to her, you are gross and lazy and fat and miserable. (laughs) What's wrong with you? You're not doing anything. And so. The more that you practice speaking to yourself like this beloved friend, you actually start to become this beloved friend. So the thing that I shared earlier was that I started just like hugging myself and holding myself on my belly mm-hmm. and on my arms and just loving like physically with my hands, with my heart, with my thoughts like honey, it's okay. You have a lot going on. Like there's a lot of moving parts and It can feel overwhelming. So just breathe, you know, I'm here for you. And the minute I did that, all I felt was love, right? Like from the inside out, I just was radiating with kindness and love. That's what this is about when she sells the three main components, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. That's why this is so layered and so beautiful and so needed
1: in our lives. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And- one step back. Cause you said there's lots of steps along this whole journey. I'm not, I'm not there yet where I, I notice it and I'm able yeah. to say nice things to myself and believe it. So that's where I think initially in the beginning, and I don't know that people are talking about this, but this at least was my experience. Mm-hmm. It's like an act of heroic bravery yeah. and courage to, 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 when when you say nice things to yourself and you're like hold on a second you don't deserve this there's a lot going on right now you're actually doing the best you can at first all the thoughts come up and they're like no you're not you actually suck you why aren't you good enough like you you can't just sit down and write a paper in 5 minutes what the hell what the heck is wrong with you you know but um being able to be like okay thanks for sharing
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I'm, I'm going to choose to believe a different thought right now, because that's actually not helping me. And I know you're there and I, I, I hear you and I know I believe you, but I'm, I'm just going to tell myself that that's not true. You know, mm-hmm. so that like that space also, at least in the beginning for me, is really important because when I start saying nice things to myself, I immediately my inner ego immediately comes in and is like, what are you doing? You are so pathetic. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Um so being able to like talk yes, back to yes. that is is like even if you don't necessarily believe it especially in the beginning because I know over time that will start to go away but right now it's like it is an act of bravery because because I have so much in my past telling me that that I'm not good yeah. enough or that yeah. I don't do enough and I and it's also what you say about like confirmation confirmation bias that I'm going to find the things that show me that I'm not good enough. If I'm focusing on how I'm not doing enough. Um, So so that, so just being able to be like really brave and be like, okay, I'm not going to believe this right now. For me, that's like where I'm at.
0: I, and I think it's such an important part of the journey is that it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight, that there's many stages and layers and approaches um if you go to selfcompassion.org she's got a bunch of great um practices that you can start with and meditations um and same with playing big tara moore's work has it too but i think that it is this is so i have i'm in my office and i'm looking at this i have a little um sign next to strong back soft front wild heart and it's mm. from one of Brené's books and um that strong back piece, that courage piece, if you think about it energetically from your body, strong back, that's your spine, right? You're sitting up, you're strong, but that front, that soft front, that softness, that like that expansion, that openness is there too. We can't be hard in the front, hard in the front and hard in the back and expect to really be whole in this life because that heart center that is that warmth area you know like it's such a physical representation of that wholeness having that strength and that softness and in yoga it's um you know we talk about that ease and effort and that's exactly what i see this self-compassion practice is is that it's such an important part of living wholeheartedly uh and being aware and being awake and that the trickiest part is you can really live in this world, mentally bullying yourself and nobody will know mm-hmm. because nobody's going to see it externally. It's not weight that you wear. It's not jewels that you have that you can't see it in the car you drive or the schools your kids go to. It's an intimate relationship. The most mm-hmm. intimate relationship, the most precious relationship, it's you and yourself.
1: Yeah, I, I actually used to get that all the time, because I, um, I present as being really together yeah. and really grounded and centered and calm. And so people would always be like, telling me those things. And I'd be thinking, you have no idea the level <sighs> of anxiety inside my head right now.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, and also, in addition to her meditations, her book, which I've only really just started reading. But in terms of that, I know I'm kind of skipping around, Mm -hmm. but in terms of that common humanity aspect, just like reading the book, like it's like every line, it's almost as if she's speaking directly Mm -hmm. to my heart. Mm -hmm. And so just remembering and realizing, not even remembering, realizing like, wait a second, this is something everyone goes through or a lot of people Mm -hmm. go through at least. This isn't just, I'm not special here because I berate myself.
0: Mm Totally. Do you have the book in front of you? Yes. Do you have a quote that you could read or a line that really resonates to close out our conversation today? And I just want to say, oh Katie's going to find it. She's going to read, um, to end our chat, but I want to say that if any of this resonated with you and it's something that you're thinking about, reach out, shoot me an email. I'd love to have these conversations with people around their own self-compassion practices. What do you do to take care of yourself in your head? What do you do? I mean, this is such the deepest layer of our soulful self-care because it, again, is something that's intimate and precious. It's just you. So this is really how we pick at the layers of conditioning and habits and patterns and really start to show up fully in our lives. And you can tell it. You can smell it from a mile away, that authenticity Um, You can really see it layered when you get deep with people. So um, you have something ready for us, Kate?
1: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay. Everybody makes mistakes at one time or another. It's a fact of life. And if you think about it, why why should you expect anything different? Where is that written contract you signed before birth promising that you'd be perfect, (laughs) that you'd never fail, and that your life would go absolutely the way you want it to? Um, excuse me, there must be some error. I signed up for the everything will go swimmingly until the day I die. (laughs) Can I speak to the management, please? It's absurd. And yet most of us act as if something has gone terribly awry when we fall down or life takes an unwanted or unexpected turn.
0: Yep. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And of course, um, I know you'll be back to join us for some other conversations in the future, which will be awesome. Um, so everyone else, feel free to reach out. Maybe happy place your hands on your heart actually, before we do our, our close off today. So press your palms right into your heart. It's actually the way I always end um, when I say this to you guys. So closing your eyes and feeling that warmth of your heart center. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. And may you live with ease. All right, guys. Take <laughs> care. <laughs>